0: Kirill Kaprizov was not able to score in the shootout and the Minnesota Wild fall 4-3 to the New York Rangers. We break down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild Postcast. You are Locked on Wild Postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wild fall 4-3 in a shootout to the New York Rangers, and we are breaking down the action in tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg, and Kevin, unfortunately, the Wild fall in this game. They were at full strength for the first time in a while, though, which was good to see, and um, that, that is just a tough Rangers team that they went against tonight.
1: Yeah, no question. The Rangers came in playing some great hockey, 11, two and two in their last 15 Madison square garden always has such a great energy. It did tonight. Uh, you had some glitzy and glamorous, uh, stars like Ryan Reynolds in the, uh, in the bowels of the arena. And it was, uh, it was a great place to watch a hockey game. Minnesota I thought had a great start to this game. Exactly what you want, uh, in that first period, got a lead, um, it seemed to get away from them a little bit in the second period. There were some costly turnovers. They got bottled up a little bit, but this has been a poised team, Seth, on the road all season long. Talked about it on the broadcast tonight. They don't panic, and they seem to settle things down again in the third period. And anytime you lose in a shootout, it leaves a not a bitter taste in your mouth, but a weird like it's. How are you supposed to react when it's when it's the shootout? It's it's a gimmick. They did I think enough to win a game, especially that penalty kill in overtime. But in the end. They only get one point.
0: Yeah, a weird situation at the end of the game with the too many men in a three-on-three overtime period. And uh, Dean Everson was not happy about it, to say the least. But uh, credit to Jonas Brodeen, Jared Spurgeon, Jewel eriksson and Marc-Andre Fleury for killing that penalty off. as that was, uh, that was a dicey point in the game, to say the least.
1: Yeah, four-on-three is something you don't practice defensively very much. And I loved how Dean Everson used his time out about midway through that PK to get those guys some rest. He knew that those were his three best penalty killers and if they were going to get to a shootout situation because they were late into the overtime at that point, he had to rely on those three guys to carry the load and they did. They were awesome in that situation. And once again, I feel bad for Marc-Andre Fleury. He left the ice tonight right by where I stand to do my post game work. And he was extremely upset about uh, the shootout and the way it went. And I know that, uh, when you're a goaltender, you get way too much credit when you win and way too much blame when you lose. But uh, he's been very hard on himself these last couple of starts. And you feel for the guy because, once again, he battled his butt off through that entire game, gave some, uh, some great, I-, I think, opportunity for the team to win, especially in that second period. When, let's be honest, Seth, they could have been down a goal or two after that period. They gave up 20 shots in that middle frame. And I thought Fleury, once again, put his team in a position to win.
0: Well, and I was looking at some of the analytics after the game and a lot of high danger chances for the Rangers in this game. I think they had 25 total. And those are just the highest magnitude shots for your goalie to try to make saves. And so it's asking a lot for your goalie to have to contend with that many point blank looks for such a good shooting team like this Rangers squad.
1: Yeah, you can't blame the goalie tonight again. A lot like the game in Buffalo. The Wild have to clean some things up. And uh, I'm going to just draw a line through that St. Louis game because I think both teams coming off back-to-back with with travel were tired. So that was a lower-scoring game, in my opinion, for that reason. If you look at the last two games against skilled teams like Buffalo and the New York Rangers, Minnesota's kind of gotten away from what they do well, which is frustrate teams, shut teams down, and, and win with defense first and play the, the transition game to create good offense. They didn't do that in these two games. They got into a bit of a track meet in stretches of those two games, and it cost them.
0: Uh, we saw goals from Kirill Kaprizov, and of course Matt Zuccarello scored against his former team. And uh, it is fun to see those two back on the ice. I'm sure Kirill is ecstatic to have Zuccarello back. But um, I, I thought it was, uh, was pretty eye-opening to see some of Zuccarello's comments after the game just not – really thrilled with how the team played uh, at all in those first two periods. And you, you like to see leaders like that be honest about how things are looking, but obviously he, I'm sure, was uh, was more upset at the loss in general than uh, the play overall.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think Matt Zuccarello, Marcus Flino, I had a conversation with him uh, after the game and when we got back to the hotel, they were extremely disappointed. And I think from a if, if you're a fan of the Minnesota Wild, that's what you want. You want to see that emotion. You want to see that reaction because if you look at the Western Conference right now, if you look at the Central Division right now, there isn't a lot of room for error. Everybody keeps winning. Dallas won again tonight. St. Louis rallied for a win. Everybody around you is getting two points. And when you get one point in Buffalo, when you come back and lose to St. Louis and you get only one point tonight – you're leading points on the table. And for players like Matt Zuccarello and Marcus Foligno, they know how much that matters, not just to get into the postseason, but also the positioning once you get there. And so I like to see that frustration. I think you're going to see this team shore some things up. They've got the day off tomorrow, a bus ride to Long Island uh, in the late afternoon. And Dean Everson talked about rather than put them on the ice and run them through the paces with some simple things like getting the puck in deep, let's actually go over the video footage. Let's have a conversation. Let's come out on Thursday night and let's just execute. This is a veteran team. This is a smart hockey team. And I think you're going to see a much more disciplined effort against the Islanders in a couple of nights.
0: Um, Mason Shaw was the, uh, the fourth liner that, uh, that drew the scratch today. And we we've talked about it in leading up to this point, getting back to full health, that there were going to be some tough lineup decisions for this team going forward. Um, obviously for a young player like Shaw who worked as hard as he did to get up here, you don't want to be the guy who is uh, the odd man out, but I don't anticipate him being the guy that draws that every night. You've got guys up and down the lineup that could benefit, especially on this road trip from a day off, just to try to kind of keep themselves fresh down the stretch.
1: Yeah. I'll be very curious to see how Dean Everson plays this here in the next couple of weeks. I don't, you know, being around the NHL for 17 years teams don't stay fully healthy very long. It's it's a rare thing, especially now 40 games into the season. It's not going to last. It's a luxury. It's great to have that competition. Uh, Mason Shaw is going to find himself back in this lineup at some point. There's no doubt in my mind, and there are going to be injuries, and you have to be ready for that, and you have to weather the storm. The one thing that Minnesota brings to the table is depth. They've got depth at all three positions. I like the way both goalies are playing. You've got a really good defenseman, in Alex Galagoski, who hasn't played a lot of hockey lately, and so that depth can be a weapon in kind of the dog days of the season. And I always look at games 30 through 70, that middle chunk where you're hurt, you're banged up, you're tired, there's travel. Before you can see the light at the end of the tunnel is when you really need to rely on that depth, and Minnesota's got it right now, and that should help them.
0: Minnesota Wilds coming up short 4-3 to three in a shootout tonight against the New York Rangers. We'll take a look at the Islanders game on Thursday. We'll talk about Matt Boldy a little bit as well as we continue our Lockdown Wild postcast after a word from our sponsors, which tonight include BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from the NFL playoffs to the NBA, the NHL, and college basketball. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Minnesota Wilds come up short in a shootout 4-3 to three tonight to the New York Rangers. Our Lockdown Wild postcast continues. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg. And Kevin, uh, I know there has been some chatter about uh, Matt Boldy's turnovers starting to kind of pile up here over the last few games. And uh, with the Capris offline getting back together and, uh, and scoring a couple of goals, I think some of that spotlight kind of shifts to trying to get that Matt Boldy line going with Ryan Hartman and Freddie Goudreau as well.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. It, tonight's turnover was a big one. It led directly to a goal. It was a situation where I know Matt would want to have it back. And throw that puck in deep. And I think, you know, social media now and fans have the, you know, the ability to go out there and vent their frustration. But remember, you know, this kid could still be playing college hockey. He's, you know, he's a young kid. He's in his second year. He hasn't uh, played yet a hundred games in this league. And, you know, he's going to make mistakes. But I think if you're Matt Boldy right now, I think it's a a good chance to kind of reassess you know, what you want to do and how you want to go about your business. I think sometimes kids, when they get into a stretch where they're not producing, press a little bit and cheat a little bit and try to do too much. And I think that's exactly where we are right now with Matt Boldy. They want him to simplify his game. They want him to get that puck to the net and use his big frame. He has so much skill. He, he cares so much about this team and winning that I think sometimes it can be counterproductive when you get kind of get inside your own head and think you got to go out there and every shift, make a game changing play to win a game. You don't need to do that. You got plenty of talent on this team, make the simple plays, get back to what really has brought you success in your career. Now he's one of those guys that seems to find the puck. And So if you can get the puck in and get on a four check, it always seems to end up on a stick around the net anytime. And then you'll get some good chances from doing it the right way, rather than trying to dangle trying to do that one extra move, especially in the neutral zone, and get burned the other way.
0: It was good to see uh, Brandon Duhame and Connor Dewar reunited on the fourth line. Those guys uh, have a lot of fun playing together, and um, you know, having the luxury of deploying that fourth line with both Duhame and Dewar and Ryan Reeves uh, is going to be something that is going to benefit this team down the stretch because those guys all play hard. They bring physicality, and uh, I think they bring a spark most importantly as well.
1: You know, I've talked to a handful of coaches in this league, most recently my good friend Donnie Granato out in Buffalo, about what Minnesota brings to the table and why it's so difficult. And, and what some of these coaches continue to come back to is how heavy this team is front to back. And that's a fourth line that can go out there, you know, latent periods at crunch time and, and wear teams down by getting on the forecheck. Duhame is physical, he's fast, He's aggressive. Ryan Reeves is an animal. He gets in there. He just grinds people down uh, on the wall. And you, know, you look at the Eck line, we talk about the grief line and how physical they are. And then, you, you know, you heard Lou Nanny on the broadcast tonight, talk about how good Kirill Kaprizov is in the trenches and on the wall, which he is. This is a team that can play that style of hockey and wear teams down. And if you've got four lines that can all play hard hockey, big, strong hockey on the wall, Teams don't want to do that for 60 minutes. And so, yeah, that's a huge asset. And I think that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. When you look at like how the Wild played the second half of the year last year, Seth, and how they seem to be better late in the year when teams were getting tired, that's a couple things. It's the depth they have, four lines and 60, and how much they rely on that depth. But it's the physical play that can grind teams down when teams don't want to be there.
0: Uh, the Islanders up next and uh, we talked a little bit about it uh, in our previous postcast but uh, an Islanders team that they're, they're hanging around the postseason conversation as of right now you know they it seems like they're kind of up kind of down but Zach Parisi is having himself a heck of a season so far and so you know he wants to, uh, to try to get one in against his former team.
1: Well, and you also know you've got a roster full of guys with connections. You mentioned Zach Parisi. I mentioned Hudson Fashing, uh, former Golden Gopher on our last uh, podcast. And then you think about Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. This is a team that's full of guys that want to play well against Minnesota. They know this game will be on TV back home for their family and friends. So yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough match for Minnesota. The Islanders tonight played Dallas all the way to the wire and lost in extra time. So. Uh, I expect a low scoring tight game where mistakes are going to matter. And I'll be very curious to see what kind of adjustments Dean Everson makes, if there'll be any lineup changes, who will be in goal. I think that's a a question mark. Um, You know, you've got days in between games. So even though we assume it might be Gustafson and and maybe, you know, he's feeling healthy again and ready to go, that's fine. Uh, But uh, you've got three games this week. So someone's going to get two, likely someone's going to get one. And uh, I think this is a really, really important game. I look at this game and Saturday's game, and there's no such thing as a must-win here in January. It's ridiculous to to say it that way. But if you know what you've got coming on that road trip, and I've mentioned it before, Washington, Carolina, the Florida Panthers, Stamp Bay Lightning, you're going to be a substantial underdog in at least three of those four games, if not all four. These are two games where you are likely going to be the better team, and you got to go out there and play like it. you got to earn those two points. But if they can do that, then you get a little momentum and give yourself a chance to ca- kind of catch your breath. Because these last three nights, the Wild have walked away a frustrated hockey team.
0: Well, and it's it's the difference in mindset too of going into that stretch maybe on a two-game winning streak as opposed to losing four out of five or losing, I hope not, five in a row.
1: Yeah, it's it's a critical juncture and. You know, every season presents challenges for, for all these teams. And the Wild are kind of a crossroads where they have been playing really good hockey. They've been a couple of really heartbreaking losses here along the way. The Buffalo game, they had a lead. They had a lead tonight in the third period. So now it starts to mount up a little bit where you start to feel a little bit. And so I think this game on Thursday will really have a big impact on what happens Saturday. And so if you can go out there on Thursday night, play us a, a full, complete 60-minute smart game on the road against the Islanders, you know, win a a low scoring two, one or three, two type of game. That gives you a chance to kind of say, okay, we're back to who we are. This is our identity. You have a game on Saturday where you're going to be the big favorite before you go on that road trip. And that can kind of set the tone and get the ball in motion. You lose that game on Thursday. Now you almost feel like you have to win Saturday and you don't even want to think about if you don't get the job done there, because you're staring down just a a really hellacious road trip. That's going to be fun. The dads are going to be on the trip. Uh, and they're going to have special guests on the trip on the Florida part of it. It's really going to be a cool time. We have an extra day or two in Florida for these guys to kind of really enjoy some warm weather and some sunshine. But, boy, I'll tell you, all these activities take on a different dynamic if the team isn't doing well. So I look at this next week as a really critical juncture in the middle part of the season for the Minnesota Wild.
0: We'll hope that they are able to get it done on Thursday against the Islanders. Kevin, thank you, as always, for the time. That will conclude tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Listeners, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts. We've got these postcasts. We've got pregame content. We've got new episodes all week long as we keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild. So until our next postcast, make sure you check out everything we have to offer. New episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.